0: Action. Yeah, what's up everyone? This is Antonio Knox and this is uh The Gradient Radio. <laughs> um we have a very, very special guest today. Uh her name is Lauren White and she is a an incredible, incredible person, but also an incredible creative. Thank you so
1: much. Well first thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this. I think Everything that you do is incredible. So the fact that I am here is such an honor.
0: Thank you. Thank such you. an
1: honor. As you said, my name is Lauren White. I am from the Richmond area, and I am a strategist, purpose advocate, bit of a spiritual gangster. <laughs> <laughs> those are my those are my three claims to fame. It's incredible. But I'm I'm really excited to to be here to kind of delve into conversation, um, and hopefully it inspires somebody
0: where that's that's a goal really to you know really inspire the people who will look at it or listen to it um thank you yeah thank you for being a part of this you know you could have been anywhere anywhere but you decided to be here i was trying to um (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to think of that that jay-z uh quote at the end of uh, the song or at the beginning of the song okay um so yeah so um You told a little bit about yourself. Could you dive a little bit more deeper into who you are as a creative?
1: Yes. So I feel like I have always been a creative since a child. Always was really into different types of art as a kid. I wanted to do some of everything. At one point, I wanted to be a designer. At one point, I wanted to be an actor, Any any type. I I just knew I was gonna be on the Disney Channel, at, at 10. Just <laughs> all, ty- all types of art I've been into. At one point I wanted to do music. So I've always been into different different types of art, different types of expression. I found my niche when it came to graphic design. Mm. So I, I found out about graphic design or what graphic design was in high school. It was kind of before everybody was a graphic designer. Facts. I just kind of, I took a class and I was like, oh man, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. This is something I vibe with. But I always have been a very both and person. Uh, as much as I've been right brain, I also am very left brain. If mm-hmm. there was something in the middle, I feel like I would be that. Yeah. Uh, so I always really also had a knack for for marketing, for business, for how like one thing connects to another. So I was taking marketing classes as a kid as mm. well. And I was like, there has to be, there has to be some sort of career that meshes the two. Like mm. I can't be the only one that loves marketing and design like just as much as the other. There has to be something that yeah. meshes the two. And so I remember uh being in I want to say it was our sports marketing class, but we were learning about all different types of like marketing and what I now know as branding. Mm. So we were looking at like the McDonald's logo and all of these different things and I was like, who is the person that makes that? Like who's the person that makes the logo or decides the colors or decides like that this thing is gonna represent like all of this, right? so I remember googling and I was like what is the intersection of design and marketing and I found out what branding was and I was like "Ooh, this is this is what I want to do like this is this is the thing Uh, and what's so funny is even before I discovered it I remember I had gotten into our school's like cosmetology program because I was gonna do again I was into like every type of creativity so I was going to like really like do something in the beauty industry and I remember like right before my senior year being like Ooh, no like somebody else can have this spot I, I need to give this spot to somebody else because there's something else I want to do and this is not it yeah and so I remember switching to like marketing switching to design and that's like when I found my thing mm-hmm. and that was the thing that I ended up sticking with mm-hmm. and so I use those skills to design. I'm a PK. So uh, all of the. Tell people what that means. I'm a preacher's kid. (laughs) I'm a preacher's kid. Uh, A very spoiled one at that. So Mm. anything I wanted to do, uh, I was able to do if I felt like we needed to do some sort of event or if we had a conference, like whatever it was, um, that was my practice ground. So nah. I would design the promos for it, I would develop the branding for it, I would brand sermon series, I would brand, I would do different iterations of branding for our church, um, I would design events, and all of that kind of led me to like finding um, finding my sweet spot. So that's kind of like my fresh, fresh, fresh beginning.
0: That's that's incredible. It seems like you've you've had a journey to to get to where you are currently right now, and you know there are so many people out there who are trying to figure out like what they want to do with their lives, and you know they feel as if they need to know what they want to do right now and then, and and oftentimes it, it takes a journey and and many things to getting to exactly where you want to get to, and you know a- allowing yourself to go down this trajectory and you know having the curiosity to try to find out what you want to do and allowing that for you to go many different routes um speak about you know just having that curiosity
1: I think curiosity is so important I think curiosity is something that we lose as we get older it's something that we eventually have to tap into. And I think you and I were actually having a conversation about this, about imagination yeah. the other week. Yeah. Um, but I think curiosity is so important because as we enter into adulthood, we hit these moments where we're trying to figure out, okay, well, what, I'm, what am I going to do? Who am I supposed to be? Uh, maybe I decided to take the more traditional route and I realized that the traditional route didn't lead me to my passion or to my purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so instead of allowing curiosity to really guide us and us listening to our instinct and what we really love, we panic. Mm. And I don't think you can find passion and purpose out of panic. Mm. I think it only happens out of curiosity. I, I believe when when yielded correctly or wielded correctly that curiosity is a God-given thing. Yeah. I think imagination, when willed correctly, is a God-given thing. And I feel like those are the places that passion and purpose are often birthed. Mm-hmm. I think that our spirits know who we're supposed to be more than, than, than we do, maybe our mind does. Yeah. And I think it requires a level of releasing what seems logical mm-hmm. and tapping into that inner curiosity to be like, okay, this may not be something that makes, because oftentimes the thing that we're called to do isn't something that there's a solid blueprint for, right? Yeah. So like you think about like what you're building with gradient, you're like solving a, a problem that or a challenge that you saw or a gap, you're filling a gap that wasn't filled before, yeah. right? And so I think oftentimes the thing that really is the thing that's supposed to guide us, the thing that we're supposed to really tap into is something, it might be an industry, right? But Mm. nobody's going to really tap into it the way we're designed to. Exactly. And so we freak out kind of using logic, looking for like a path or a blueprint, like what is it supposed to be, or I can't do this. And I think sometimes it's necessary to let that go and tap into that curiosity. So I think about myself now, looking at being uh, 10 and 11 years later mm-hmm. uh, from, from that kid who was 10 to 15 years <laughs> later uh, from that kid that was trying to figure out, you know, what they were going to do. But I just, my childhood was really, like, it was ran by that curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a really strong knack for God and a really strong knack for creativity and it was like whatever whatever that path like led me to that's what i discovered and i think having that path of discovery led me to find the thing um, Mm. that i think honestly is really still just a tool yeah uh it's not even the thing that i considered the thing Mm. right now it's it's not the thing anymore. It ended up being the floor for the next thing, mm. and I think that curiosity is one of the things that help guide that kind of path.
0: <laughs> That's incredible. Um, you, you know, you spoke about you know just necessarily not the the non traditional route of things, and you know curiosity and, and imagination. What we talked about like last week and how you know some of us lose that that imagination as we get older, yeah. uh, just to to, to due to so many different factors um can we speak a little bit more a uh, little bit more to the, the non-traditional route right yeah. because you know as something that i'm, I'm building here with the gradient is such a non-traditional platform for like so many people so many black people specifically to essentially find their passion for them to be able to to live out their purpose mm-hmm. and it's you know it's not the the traditional traditional route of like learning or, you know, discovering things. Um, Could you speak a little bit more to, you know, your path of the non-traditionality? I don't know if that's a word or not, but just like being uh, non-traditional in the way that you approach things.
1: Absolutely. So I will say the parts of my path that were traditional is that I, I chose the college route and it was something that ended up being helpful for me. However, I would say even my approach to the college route was not I need to make sure I have a I need to make sure I have a job at the end. Um and I and I will say I think part of that comes from privilege. I definitely have I have entrepreneurial parents. Mm-hmm. So my parents are full time entrepreneurs. So when I was like I want to pursue entrepreneurship. It was just like, oh, we're an entrepreneurial family. That makes sense, right? Okay? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I think I, I understand that there's some some privilege to that. But what I, what I will say that I think can be applied to many different paths is if, if you are a creative and you decide that college or university is a part of what will help you get to where you need to go, I would say use it as a tool, mm. and I would say be very intuitive with that. Um, there's so many like, there's so many different options, and you mentioned it. There's so many even different avenues of education, right? We have Skillshare, we have master classes, we have the gradient, right? <laughs> we have all of these different things where we can be introduced. We have YouTube University, yes, right? You can learn how to do a lot of stuff for free. Yeah, a lot of stuff for free. College was important for me, specifically VCU's design program, mm-hmm. because it taught me how to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already knew how to design, uh, but it taught me how to solve problems through design. Yeah. I, I needed that experience and that exposure. However, when I look at some of the things that we were exposed to, there are things that I can also access outside of the traditional space um, and I look at a lot of people that I went to school with and I don't want to discount anybody's path either but I'll say I look at a lot of the people that I went to school with who had access to this great education and it all boiled down to whether or not they were going to be able to um, really meet the traditional standard post-college. Mm-hmm. And I will say again, there is a bit of privilege in that, but I think it's important I think it's important that like let's say let's say you're in a space where, you know, yes it's important that you're able to pay back loans or you have to pay your bills, Mm -hmm. right? I think not allowing that to be the driving force of your life mm. is is important. There's so many people, so many entrepreneurs, so many creatives who use their jobs to fund their their business or their passion. Yes. And so I think there are I would say traditional routes aren't bad if they're used as a tool and not the end all be all in case the traditional route doesn't work for you. So hopefully that that part makes sense. Yeah. I think a lot of times we look at the we step into the traditional route because we're told two plus two is always gonna equal four. Mm. And the truth is that oftentimes it doesn't happen. But if I know that these different spaces or avenues are simply tools for me, then I can figure out, no, how is this supposed to work for me versus me working for it? Mm. Um, And I think that then gives us space to lean into curiosity so, my, my big thing in college, I was like, I'm going to use all of these resources to build a business, like, and I'm going to do it while I'm in here. And so while I will say privilege had a big part of my experience, a lot of my friends in, in college who were, like, you know, doing whatever or, like, just doing class, like, I was, I had clients, like, <laughs> I had a client list, right, or I was working on projects or learning how to write contracts or got an internship like track down an in- internship because at this time branding like everybody's a brand expert but at the time that that I started uh, branding wasn't a huge it wasn't a huge thing. Um, and so I I digged for for a for a mentor and found somebody that would help teach me how to run the back end of a business and I was like producing, helping to produce events, and I was managing personal brands and all that stuff. And so my thing was, whatever I learned, it was gonna serve me, mm. and I wasn't gonna serve it. And so I think whether you come from a privileged background or not, if you're using traditional routes, I think that's a way to to look at it. Let it serve you, but don't, don't serve it. Yeah. And also recognize that there are other avenues that you can take outside of the tradi- traditional space.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, apart from me, was seeing, you know, just coming out of high school, right? Like everyone is just trying to figure out like what they're going to do with their lives next, and you know, we're all like seventeen, eighteen years old, having to make a huge decision of like what we're going to do, which is ridiculous. for the rest of <laughs> our lives, which is like such a, a wild concept. <laughs> And at that time, I, I just didn't really know like what I wanted to do, and it seems it seemed as if, from my perspective, that like my friends were like college just like ultimately like made sense for them, and that was like the traditional route. Like it's like, you know, we all, a lot of people at that time had like the American dream concept, right? Yes. So it's like you go to college, you potentially meet someone, you get married to that person, you have kids, the the white picket fence, and like that's just like what life was, right? And for me, I was like, is that really life? Like, (laughs) I I couldn't see my life being that because I ultimately didn't come, ultimately didn't come from, like, a traditional, like, house, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't have my father. I only had, like, my mother's mother. I was, like, my mother was, like, a single black parent, like, just raising a kid. And, you know, over time that became the norm for, like, so many other people. But that, that wasn't, like, the traditional standard. Yeah for like people. And so just having that that mindset and everything and how my mother just kind of, you know, nurtured the gifts or my talents that she saw within me, which was like the arts. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like was always going down that, that down that direction. And so t- to see my friends, you know, going to college and eventually some of them graduating and, you know, me not having like the, the diplomas on the walls or just, you know, everything that comes with like being in college and going out down that traditional route, I, I kind of like embrace the, the non-traditional mm-hmm. because like I didn't see anything else. I didn't know anything else. And obviously like, you know, it was a little nerve wracking and yeah. in, in many cases because like, you don't necessarily see too many people going the, down like that non-traditional route. You see people who go to school and some of them get jobs and, you know, they have that sense of security and, mm-hmm. um, was, you know, just like, dag, like, I, I, I guess I should have, like, went right. down that route. But it for me, it wasn't as fulfilling yes. to be able to see that. And obviously, like, you know, I won't have the walking down the aisle of, in a sense, of, like, getting my diploma and my parents, like, yelling my name and all of that. But I've had, like, so many different other experiences mm-hmm. that my parents have been able to, like, yell my name in a different sense. Yes. And and you know, being so fulfilled and, you know, being at the intersection of, you know, technology, creativity and impact, that's like that that's that lane for me. Yes. That's that that's that lane for me. Yeah. Um so it, it's been like extraordinary going down like that non traditional route. So you spoke to, you know, being a PK and, you know, doing uh things within like the Christian world. Um You know, I'm also, we also, like, we work uh, with TLC. We're partners with TLC. Um, Speak about just, you know, bringing your creativity and some of the gifts and, you know, the curiosity that got you into, like, branding and, you know, just that particular world in itself and and merging that with um, that world. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Absolutely. So, it really honestly started for me with a with a question. So I've, I've always loved all different aspects of culture, right? So I never have liked to, while my faith has always been strong and central, it's not that I've been so boxed that I did not enjoy other parts of culture, right? And so... I think as creatives, it's important to kind of draw inspiration from a lot of different places and things and different things like that. But I remember at, at 18 years old, I wanted to answer this question. I was looking at It's a huge Beyonce fan, right? Are you so still a huge I, Beyonce I, fan? Huge, huge Beyonce. <laughs> and so I would look at, I would study, if you go on YouTube, and I think they're still on YouTube, she has videos of, like, the production behind, like, all of her shows. So, like, if she goes on tour, there's, like, a video series for, like, the making of such and such. So there's tons of those, right? And I would study, like, how she built out her shows, how she built out her tours, um, just how detailed she was and, like, what she was building and how excellent it was, right? But also, being someone who was a part of church culture like not only am I a pk i'm a a fourth generation uh pastor on my mother's side on my father's side and uh sixth generation on my mother's side did i say that right fourth generation on my dad's side sixth generation on my mom's side
0: Okay. Yeah. And
1: so it is. It's very much ingrained in a lot of of who I am, right? Yeah. And so I was looking at all of these other aspects of culture and just how beautifully people were presenting the thing that like God put inside them, right? And then I would look at the church and I was like, "Wow! Like this stuff looks like crap. Like this <laughs> is horrible." And I think it kind of blew my mind a bit because. I feel like God is an excellent God, God is a beautiful God. I think that he's the source of beautiful things. And he is, there's nothing about God or in God or that comes from God that isn't excellent. And so I was like, man, if the church is out of of everything, right, if like the church we know, like the church is supposed to represent God, why is it that everyone else's stuff looks excellent, <laughs> and the church stuff looks like an afterthought. Like it's a hot mess.
0: Can we uh? Can we be a little bit uh, specific? Uh, black churches, or is it like white uh, churches too? N-
1: yeah, black church. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Black church. Black church in particular. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I just my little eighteen year old self was just like, I'm gonna change that, and I wanted to offer branding and brand strategy to the church because I I believed in I would look at all of the colleagues that I had that um, were in ministry or had churches and I was like you know they all have really great mission they're doing really great work they're doing really great things and I think that what they express outwardly needs to represent that mm. and so It was, it was just like this burning passion that I had to like, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change that. And so I ended up, it was pretty easy because I had access to my target market. And so I started developing branding for, for churches and faith based -based leaders. And so I developed a business called Subdue 28. And it was based on Genesis 128, when God tells man to subdue the earth. And the idea was that everybody's got something to subdue, right? Something that God has called them to subdue, to take hold of, to have dominion over. And I wanted to make sure that there were no barriers by which they could subdue what God gave them to. Mm -hmm. And so I I thought that branding could be a huge part of that. And so I built my I built my business to do28 and I really I really, really kind of fell in love with like solving that problem. Uh, a lot of it had to do with education. So at first it was design. and then after that I was like people don't just need design. Design is the icing on the cake. they need brand strategy. And that's when I tapped into brand strategy and I just I learned as much as I can, but other things I really feel, I really feel like God gave me a a gift for strategy. So again, this is 20, uh, 2010, 2011. So there's not like all of this information on like brand strategy and what strategy is and how to build a brand. And so I just, I went instinctively and I feel like God gave me like, this is what this should be. Mm. And so, I started to build from there, and I think eventually that led to even us working together and uh, working with TLC and building the brand of uh, the Life Church here mm-hmm. in Richmond from its inception, but that was kind of like how that how that started yeah. and, and really shaped a lot mm-hmm. of my career over the last few years, so it went from building the brand of small churches in these these amazing pastors who would be pastoring these old two and 300 year old churches with, um, our, our, our wonderful elders we give respect to, but would be like, I don't understand any of this. And we would be coming up with proposals so that people could really see how having a solid brand could really build their, their vision and their future for generations. And, um, so, it's the thing that really guided my career for the last 10 years so it went from that to then building the brands of really high profile faith leaders from across the country and then teaching pastors across the country and um it 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 was a really fun ride but that's kind of where it started
0: i felt like that was uh pretty remarkable that you you saw a problem and you decided to solve it um, but you also listen to the int, your intuition and your gut feelings for the journey or the route that you wanted to take in life. Um, you know, can you speak a little bit more to really listening to that? Really listening to that, the feeling. Um, uh, yeah, listening to your intuition and listening to your gut and following. This, this, this path that you went down because I know for me you know with us not really taking the traditional route often people take the non-traditional route because they feel something within them that feels as if like it's guiding them to do this yeah. specific thing. Um, can you speak more more to that?
1: Absolutely so I really I really accredit my path to 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 listening to my intuition, to feeding curiosity, but also um, being led by Holy Spirit is really important for me. And I think that a lot of times people maybe limit or categorize like what that means to listen to Holy Spirit. I think that people really uh, box the voice of God into something that only is I think reserved for people in traditional religious roles or spaces or people who are in like literally within the four walls of the church but I believe the voice of God is so important I think it's so valuable I think that there is no other being including myself that knows my path better than better than god and i also um, believe that uh, every human is spirit and i believe that in relationship with god there is also relationship between my spirit and the spirit of god and um that is the thing that i i really have like lean into, I think it's important, one, to to hear and know the voice of God and I think outside of, like when I think of my creative expression, I think even now having been 10 years in an industry and space and here recently have been transitioning to some newer things, uh, one of the things that's been really important to me is even through my creative expression like teaching people to how to hear the voice of God and to be open to having dialogue with God. I I think that's, I think it's invaluable. Um, but it's, it's something that I feel like has been necessary for my path and where I have gone. And I, and I also, I think it's important to, you know, remember that, you know, if, if you believe that, I I believe that God is all knowing, all seeing, and there is no voice outside of Him that knows more than Him. That's my that's my belief, and um, I really I really have relied on God. Like, what what is it that I'm supposed to do next? Like, if you're the author of my life, uh, if I am. A, a spirit not not really even sent to like fulfill what I think is best, but like what you design me to, then then you tell me what that is, right? And I think that has become very important because it's it's brought a sense of fulfillment. Um, I understand that sometimes God will ask you or put a passion in you or um give you an inclination that is outside of the beaten path and you have to be able to trust the voice of god in order to do that because if not you'll find yourself limited
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and so that that really has been that's been my driving my driving force um yeah, listening to listening to and being led by the voice of God, and and knowing that. Uh, so I think this was the other thing that I wanted to say. Um, one understanding and leaning into and listening to and knowing the voice of God, but then also understanding that He didn't make a mistake when He designed me. Mm-hmm. So he didn't make a mistake when he designed my inclinations. He didn't make a mistake when he designed uh, the things that I would be interested in or the way that my brain is wired or the way that I process things or the way that I speak or even the certain experiences that I've had along my path. Right. So a lot of times it's very I think it's often rare that we find people that lean into both. Mm. There are some people that are like, I trust God, but I think he made, I I trust God in quotations, right? But I think he made a mistake with myself, right? There's something in me that's not enough. Or there's people that think they know, but they don't trust the voice of, of God. I think finding the intersection of the two is so important I trust the voice of God, but then when he tells me to do this one thing that I'm really passionate about, but doesn't make sense in my family, or doesn't make sense when it comes to, like, a traditional way of doing things, like, I trust that he's put in me what's necessary to be successful, even if other people don't think that it's the way that I should go.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And so finding the intersection of the two is so important. I trust the voice of God, but I also trust how he wired me I also trust that he didn't make a mistake in that I also trust um, that like when I show up in my best and full self uh, when I show up and I'm like I am whatever this space is like I'm gonna show up fully in this space I'm gonna create fully in this space or I'm gonna allow myself to express myself in this space or being imaginative with whatever it is I trust that the relationship with between myself and God is so strong and so pure that, like, when I show up, He shows up, mm. and my expression is really an extension of Him. Yeah. Um. And so I always say that I think it's so important for people to really lean into how God wired them because if I spend my life, like, Knox, you're incredible. Mm. You built incredible things. If I spend my life, though trying to do what you do the way that you do it because i think that the way that you do it is the most successful i'm keeping someone from seeing a facet of god yeah i believe that we are all like we're the bible says that we're all made in his image and mm-hmm. his likeness yeah. right um but we're not anything alike right right <laughs> which means that God has to be multifaceted. Yeah. And if I don't lean into what he's saying to me and how he's wired me if I don't get to know myself and really lean and have confidence in that, I'm keeping someone from seeing a facet of God that mm-hmm. they're supposed to see through my <laughs> unique expression.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Now you hit you hit it you you're, you hit on a lot of things, a couple of things I've been thinking about like for the last couple of weeks. Um or just the last couple of months. Um, the first thing I want to speak about is, you know, the the ways that God may speak to people. Um, and I tell this story, and I've I've told it to like a couple people. Um, back in two thousand and nine, well seventeen, when I went to Cali, mm-hmm. and I came back from Cali before I before I left for Cali, my I had a PT Cruiser at that time, and like a day before I left, the car broke down. The car was breaking down. I was putting, like, so much money into it. And so I was like, I don't have to worry about it because I'm going to Cali. Like, you know, I didn't know if I was coming back or not. Like, I just thought, like, yo, like, whatever, right? And so when I came back, I was like, man, like, I got to fix this car. And so, like, I... Only one thing went bad on it, and I was able to fix it, right? And so I was coming out of... I went to the gas station. I was coming out of the gas station, uh, Wawa, and... And I was I I started to pray. I was praying out loud. I was like, I was like, yo. I was like, I was like, yo. <laughs> I was like, yo. When I when am I gonna get a new car? Like, because <laughs> I was I was so tired of like putting so much money in the whip, and it was just like just breaking down. Yeah, it was just breaking down. And I got out to stop like, and I was just like I was just praying and praying and praying. And I was like, yo, like just give send me a sign to to let me know when my car when it's time for me, like, to get a new car, uh-huh. I looked up, and it was, like, this license plate, and the license plate, the license plate said, eventually, That's
1: so, that is crazy, that Jones said, so eventually,
0: crazy. I was like, all right, bet, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna pray no more, I ain't gonna pray no more, I'm good, like, you, you already told me my sign, and it was, it was, it was like, it was like, that instant, mm-hmm. and that was, I want to say, June, June-ish, I got a new car like two months later. Wow. Two months later, and it, it's been like a, a couple of those uh, signs that like God have like talked to me in many many different ways, and I believe He talks to me visually most times, mm-hmm. but obviously like I've I've heard Him like audibly at the same time, and mm-hmm. you know through like gut feelings too at the same time. Um, so like yeah, that's that's one thing I wanted to speak about. I love that. And and you spoke about also too that like, you know, we're not mistakes, yeah. you know, God designed us to be in a way, um, in a very unique, specific way. Um, and it's it's kind of like funny that you say that because for the longest, for the longest, um, because I wasn't like planned, uh-huh. like my mother and my father didn't plan me, it was just like, you know, stuff happened and you know, I was born essentially and um for the longest i thought i was a mistake wow for the for the longest and you know my mother my mother and my father didn't like call me a mistake but like
1: because you're like i know i
0: wasn't playing right like i wasn't i wasn't playing like it wasn't like you know because my mother and my father they weren't married and so they weren't married and they didn't necessarily have plans to like have kids per se right like they were just like in a relationship and you know they were intimate or whatever and you know i was just like the equation of Uh that i was the sum of that (laughs) equation and you know just hearing that i was like man like i'm i'm like i'm not really supposed to be here like Mm -hmm. and for the longest i was like yeah like (laughs) i'm not supposed to be here and like over the course of the years i just came to this this conclusion it was like well if i'm not supposed to be here um I might as well just take advantage of this opportunity while I am here. Mm. And so I was like, <laughs> you know, I could either live my life this way or I could yeah. live my life like that way. Yeah, And so I was like, you know, I'm going to live my life with like super purpose, mm-hmm. like super purpose, having like impact on people. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like why, like in many ways, I live my life the way I live it, because for the longest, I was like, <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here <laughs> for the <laughs> longest. <laughs> um
1: like you tricked the sister.
0: Yeah, basically, it's like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was that little sperm that got through. Like, <laughs> 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 that wasn't supposed to get through, but I got through. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I, I lived my life in purpose. And, um, but also, like, you also spoke to the component of um, also, like, us being different, like, you know. As, I feel I feel like, and I came to this conclusion like two weeks ago. I felt like that we are not necessarily supposed to have like goals. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I mean by that, you know how like we people say like, oh, like their goals is like my goals. Like I want to be able to yes. like live life exactly like this. like like this, yeah. right? Like if they were married on the tenth, oh, I I want to get married on the tenth too, yeah. right? Like. Uh-huh. I don't feel like we're supposed to be like that because I felt as if that was like super limiting and who like God was mm-hmm. and if like you know God created like all of this mm-hmm. right like I don't think he's going to limit the lives that like we were supposed to live mm-hmm. like I don't think I don't think that like we were all supposed to have like the same kind of life
1: yes. yeah
0: and so, like, I just I just thought, I was, I was I was, just thinking about that. I was like, man, like, you know, the life that I want to live, sure, I understand why people want to have the white picket fence mm-hmm. and the American dream, but I, I saw, like, my life being, like, I want it to be, I want my life to be uniquely yeah, me. Uh-huh. I want it to be, I want to have experiences that, like, that was intended for me. Yeah. I want to, like, I want, you know, people, when they see my life, they be like, yo, like, wow, he... He did that, like he did that. I didn't know that like, that was a possibility and not for them to be as if like I wanna do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I want them to be like, so if his life was like this and it was like so like non traditional, what could my life be? Right. Um, and so like that was just like my perspective and like we thought of, when you said that I was like, Man, like that that just kinda like hit him because these were like the ideas that I had within like the last couple of months. I love that. Um so yeah uh so i want to you know just close it out a little bit um where do you see yourself uh going forward whether it is you know i'm not gonna do it five to ten years whether it's like the three to seven mm-hmm. years where do you see yourself within like those next years um what do you want for your life mm-hmm. in those next couple years
1: um for me, it's a very interesting question to answer because of um, life experiences, especially over the last year to the last couple years. Mm-hmm. I think I've I've went from being like absolutely these are the things to kind of hitting a space where, and it's not it's not nonchalant. But it's very much hitting a space where I understand that the things that have brought me to where I am now are things that were beyond my doing. So like when you say like I wasn't supposed to be here, Uh
0: right,
1: it is a, a matter of like recognizing that the sequence of God's plan trumps the sequence of nature. Um, and so I can I can say I'm absolutely supposed to do this or be here. Um, a year ago, a little over a year ago, God told me to leave my business. And that was something that I was like, oh, my kid's gonna eat off that for <laughs> generations and generations. Yeah. And he was like, no, I want you, to, I want you to, to leave it. And Rivers is here with us. He was a, a big conduit of that. Uh, but <laughs> and so there are so many things that I think, uh, so I guess to answer your question, I can probably best tell you where I see my life creating impact. I'm okay with not knowing the full how, which is a weird thing to say at 29, mm-hmm. but like I'm okay with not knowing the full the full how because I I trust the voice of God. And so I strangely enough, without being able to articulate the how, I I see myself creating, legacy for my children. I, I see myself creating legacy for generations. I, I was actually uh, telling Barrett the other day, I was like, honestly, if if people get to know, and it's so funny because I didn't think our conversation was necessarily going go to go to this in particular, but if people if people leave my presence, whether it's through social or whether it's in person or they hear me speaking or whatever it is, and they learn, they one know that God wants to talk to them mm-hmm. and they learn how to hear the voice of God, then I feel like I've done my job. And so I I see myself teaching thousands of people how to hear the voice of God, how to how to lean into the voice of God, how to have dialogue with God, how to live a spirit led life. Um There was something, one of the reasons why God had me leave my business, he was like, you know how to build a healthy brand, but you don't know how to build a healthy person. Mm -hmm. And so even the idea of what it means to subdue is different for me now. And so I I want to still be teaching people how to subdue what God put in their hands, but maybe not from a business building aspect, more so from, yes, we're going to create, but how do how do I become the person that God designed for me to be in the process? Um, how do I how do I build healthy rhythms in the process? How do I make sure that in the process of me subduing, I'm not neglecting and killing myself? Yeah. Um, I think those are things I had to learn the hard way, and that's what I that's where I see my impact. And then always always for our people. I believe that there. I believe that God has given everyone something to subdue, and that there are sex of people. Oftentimes, it's people that look like us who are are limited because of socioeconomic barriers or um, or because of injustices. And I, I really. I do not believe that I, that my body is supposed to be in the ground until I make some sort of impact there, Mm -hmm. making sure that someone's able to subdue and their barrier is not, um, what our ancestors were fighting for us to not have to climb over anymore. So, uh, those, and of course that exists in, um, you know, I see myself with family and all of those things. but I, I see a long lasting generational impact and whatever fruit of that uh, comes with that, whether it be um, money or living in certain places, whatever, may it be the fruit of the yes that I give to God. Um, but it's not my it's not my major focus. My focus is saying yes and just living off the fruit and making sure that other generations can live off the fruit of that as well.
0: Yeah, that it's it's that legacy piece. Yeah, it's 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 what you leave. Uh, it's what you leave behind. Yeah, um, you know, because ultimately we wouldn't be here without the legacy that other people left for us. Exactly. And so it's 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 only right to, for us to be able to do the same thing for the people who will come after us. Yes. Um, and you know, this that's kind of like what this is. This the gradient to be able to elect, to, to be able to create a legacy and you know to ultimately change the lives of like others so they can either be in this position or a better position for themselves and their families um and for the people to come um so that that was that was one way to to put that so okay so we're going to wrap it up okay and i just want you to leave a message for for those who are listening, um, for those who you feel as if your words are for. Mm -hmm. um, Yes.
1: If I could leave anyone listening with anything, I would say, uh, I would encourage uh, you to go back to the beginning. Go back to your childlike curiosity. Go back to when you felt like more things are possible than the way they feel right now, and you know, for the person who is still trying to find their way, um, know that uh, the voice of God is still there to like guide you to that way. Um, God didn't make you creative by accident. He didn't give you passions that some people think are weird by accident. Uh, he did not place this like desire to solve problems that no one else sees by accident. He did not wire your mind the way that he did by accident. And um, his plan supersedes; it supersedes the the sequence of nature. And, and really like the fact that you're here is a miracle, um, but the thing that you're afraid to release because it doesn't make sense or it doesn't follow the beaten path, um, somebody's waiting for it. Somebody's waiting for it. Um, and that voice that tells you no, or maybe, maybe it's too late for you to try or people that come from your background shouldn't try or uh, you're not the person to do it. Uh, their voice might be loud, but it's not louder than the voice of God. Mm -hmm. So going back to the beginning, lean into that curiosity, give yourself permission, um, and allow yourself to be led by a different voice this time. And we look forward to seeing where it takes you.
0: (sighs) That was incredible right? (laughs) I don't think there's any more to say. I want to say thank you for coming out, giving us your time, your words your wisdom um thank you so much
1: thank you for having me
0: of course of course anytime um this is antonio knox and lauren white uh signing out on the gradient radio I love it. <laughs>